Hello, and welcome back to the Very Hairy Podcast. I'm your reader, Talon, and let's get started. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets by J.K. Rowling. Read to you by Talon. Chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. He was standing at the end of a very long, dimly lit chamber. Towering stone pillars entwined with more carved serpents rose to support a ceiling lost in darkness, casting long black shadows through the odd greenish gloom that filled the place. His heart beating very fast, Harry stood listening to a chill silence. Could the basilisk be lurking in a shadowy corner behind a pillar? And where's and where was Ginny? He pulled out his wand and moved forward and moved forward between the serpent the serpentine columns. Every careful footstep echoed loudly off the shadowy walls. He kept his eyes narrowed, ready to clamp clamp them shut at the smallest sign of movement. The hollow eye sockets of the stone of the stone snakes seemed to be following him. More than once with the stones with the stone snakes seemed to be the stone snakes more than once with a jolt of of the stomach he thought he saw he thought he saw one stir then as he drew level with the with the last pillar pair of pillars a statue a statue high as the chamber itself loomed into view standing against the back wall harry had to crane his neck to look up into the giant face above it was a ancient and monkeyish. It was ancient and monkeyish, with a long, thin beard that fell almost to the bottom of the wizard's sweeping robes, and two enormous gray feet stood on the smooth chamber floor. In between the feet, face down, lay a small, black-robed figure with flaming red hair. Ginny, Harry muttered, sprinting to her and dropping to his knees. Ginny, don't be dead. Please don't be dead. He flung his wand aside, grabbed Jenny's shoulders, and turned her over. Her face was as white as marble and as cold. Yet her eyes were closed. Yet her eyes were closed, so she wasn't petrified. But, but then she must be. Jenny, please wake up, Harry muttered desperately, shaking her. Jenny's head lolled hopeless, hopelessly from side to side. She won't wake, said a soft voice. Harry jumped and spun around his, on his knees. A tall, black-haired boy was leaning against the near, nearest pillar, watching. He was strangely blurred around the edges, as though Harry, as though Harry were looking at him through a misted window. But there was no mistaking him. Tom, Tom Riddle. Riddle nodded, not taking his eyes off Harry's face. What do you mean? What do you mean? She won't wake," said Harry desperately. "She's not. She's not." Riddle nodded, taking his eyes off Harry's face. Wait, what? She's still alive," said Riddle, "but only just." Harry stared at him. Tom Riddle had been at Hogwarts fifty years ago. Yet here he stood. A weird, misty light shining out of him, not a day older than sixteen.
Are you a ghost? Said Harry, Harry said uncertainly. A memory, said Riddle quietly, preserved in a diary for 50 years. He pointed towards the floor near the statue's giant robes. Lying open there was a tiny black diary. Harry had found it in the tiny black diary Harry had found in Moaning Merle's bathroom. For a second, Harry wondered how it had got there, but there was more pressing matters to deal with. You've got to help me, Tom, he said, raising Jenny's head again. We've got to get her out of here. There's a, basil there's a basilisk. I don't know where it is, but it could be but it could be along at any moment. Please help me. Riddle didn't move. Harry, sweating, managed to hoist Ginny half off the floor and bent to pick up his wand again, but his wand was gone. Did you see? He looked up. Riddle was still watching him, twirling Harry's wand between his long fingers. Thanks, said Harry, stretching out his hand for it. A smile curled on the corners of Riddle's mouth. He continued to stare at Harry, twirling the wand idly. Listen, said Harry, urgently, his knees sagging with Ginny's dead weight. We've got to go, if the basilisk comes. It won't come until called, said Riddle calmly. Said Riddle calmly. Harry lowered Ginny back onto the floor, unable to hold her up any longer. What do you mean, he said. Look, give me my wand. I might need it. Riddle's smile broadened. You won't be needing it, he said. Harry stared at him. What do you mean? I won't be. I've waited for the, I've waited a long time for this, Harry Potter, said Riddle. For the chance to see you speak to you. Look, said Harry, losing patience. I don't think you get it. We're in the Chamber of Secrets. We can talk later. We're going to talk now, said Riddle, Riddle, still smiling broadly, and pocketed Harry's wand. Harry stared at him. There was something very funny going on here. How did Ginny get like this? He asked slowly. Well, that's an interesting question, said Riddle pleasantly. And this in quite a long story. I suppose the real reason Ginny Weasley's like this is because she opened her heart and spilled her secrets to an invisible stranger. What are you talking about? said Harry. The diary, said Riddle. My diary. Little Ginny's been writing in it for months and months, telling me all her pitiful worries and woes and how her brothers tease her. How her brothers tease her. How she is how she had to come to school with second-hand robes and books. How, Riddle's eyes glinted. How she thinks famous, good, great Harry Potter would ever. How she didn't think famous, good, great Harry Potter would ever like her. All the time he spoke, Riddle's eyes never left Harry's face. There was almost a hungry look in them. It's very boring to have to listen to the silly little troubles of an eleven of an eleven year old girl, he went on. But I was patient. I wrote back. I was sympathetic. I was kind. Jimmy Ginny simply loved me. No one's ever understood me like you, Tom. I'm so glad I've got this diary. 
I'm so glad I've got this diary to confide in. It's like having a friend I can carry around in my pocket. Riddle laughed. A high, cold laugh that didn't suit him. It made the hairs on the it made the hairs stand off on the back of Harry's neck. As I say myself, Harry, I've always been the I've always been able to charm the people I needed. So Ginny poured her soul to me, and her soul happened to be exactly what I wanted. I grew stronger and stronger on a diet of her deepest fears, her darkest secrets, and her darkest secrets. I grew powerful, far more powerful, powerful than little Miss Weasley. Powerful enough to start feeding Miss Weasley a few of my secrets. To start pouring a little of my soul back into her. What do you mean? Said Harry, whose mouth had gone very dry. Haven't you guessed yet, Harry Potter? Said Riddle softly. Eugenie Weasley opened the Chamber of Secrets. She strangled the school roosters and strangled the school roosters and daubed threatening messages on the wall. She set the serpent of Slytherin on four mudbloods and the squid's cat. No, Harry whispered. Yes, said Riddle calmly. Of course, she didn't know what she was doing at first. It was very amusing. I wish you could have seen her new diary entries. Far more interesting they became. Dear Tom, he recited, watching Harry's horrified face. I think I'm losing my memory. There are four rooster, there are rooster feather, feathers all over my robe, and I don't know how they got there. Dear Tom, I can't remember what I did on the night of Halloween, but a cat was attacked, was attacked, and I got paint down on my, all down my front. Dear Tom, Percy keeps telling me I'm pale and I'm not myself. I think he suspects me. There was another attack today, and I don't know where I was. Tom, what am I going to do? I think I'm going mad. I think I'm the one attacking everyone, Tom. Harry's fists were clenched, the nails digging deep into his palms. It took a very long time for a stupid little Ginny to, to stop trusting her diary, said Riddle. She finally became suspicious and tried to dispose of it. And that's where you came in, Harry. You found it. And I couldn't have been more delighted. Of all the people who could have picked it up, it was you. The very person I was most anxious to meet. And why did you want to meet me? Said Harry. Anger was coursing through him. And it was an effort to keep his voice steady. Well, you see, Jenny told me all about you, Harry. Said Riddle. Your whole fascinating history. His eyes... His eyes roved over the lightning scar on Harry's forehead. And their expression... And their expression grew hungrier. I knew I must find out more about you. Talk to you. Meet you if I could. So I decided to show you my famous capture of that great oaf Hagrid to gain your trust. Hagrid's my friend, said Harry, his voice now shaking. And you framed him, didn't you? I thought you made a mistake, but... Riddle laughed his high laugh again. It was my word against Hagrid's. Harry, will you, 
It was my word against Hagrid's, Harry. Well, you can imagine how how it looked to old Armando Dippet. On the one hand, Tom Riddle, poor but brilliant, parentless but so brave, school prefect, model student. On the other hand, big, blundering Hagrid, in trouble every other week, trying to raise were- werewolf cubs under his bed, sneaking off to, to the Forbidden Forest to wrestle trolls. But I, but I admit, even I was surprised how well the plan worked. I thought someone must realize that Hagrid couldn't possibly be the heir of Slytherin. It had taken me five whole years to find out everything I could about the Chamber of Secrets and discover the secret and discover the secret entrance as though as though Hagrid had the brains or the power. Only the Transfiguration teacher Dumbledore seemed to think Hagrid was innocent. He persuaded Dippet to keep Hagrid and train him as a gameskeeper. Yes, I think Dumbledore might have guessed. Might have guessed. Dumbledore never really seemed to like me as much as the other teachers did. I bet Dumbledore saw I bet Dumbledore saw right through you, said Harry, his teeth gritted. Well, he certainly kept annoy kept an annoying uh, he well, he certainly kept an annoyingly close watch on me after Hagrid was expelled, said Riddle carelessly. I knew it wouldn't be safe to open the chamber again while I was still at school, but I wasn't going to waste those long years I'd spent searching for it. I decided to leave behind a diary, preserving my 16-year-old self and its pages, so that one day, with luck, I would be able to lead on, lead others in my other lead another in my footsteps and finish Salazar Slytherin's noble work. Well, you haven't finished it, said Harry triumphantly. No one's died this time, not even the cat. In a few hours, the mandrake drought will be ready and everyone who is petrified will be right again. Haven't I already told you, said Riddle quietly, that killing mudbloods doesn't matter to me anymore? For many months now, my new target has been you. Harry stared at him. Imagine how angry I was when the next time my diary was opened, it was Jenny who was writing for me, not you. She saw you with the diary, and you see, you see. She saw you with the diary, you see, and panicked. What if you found out how to work it, and I'd repeat her secrets to you? What if, even worse, I told you who had been strangling the roosters? So the foolish little brat waited until your dormitory was deserted and stole it back. But I knew what I must do. It was clear to me that you were on the trail of Slytherin's heir from everything Jenny had told me about you. I knew you would go to any lengths to solve the mystery, particularly if one of your best friends was attacked. And Jenny had told me the whole school was buzzing because you you could speak possibly. So I made Ginny write her own farewell on the wall and come down here to wait. She struggled and cried and became very boring. There isn't much life left in her. She t- she put too much into the diary, into me, enough to let me leave its pages at last. I have come 
I have been waiting for you to appear since we've arrived here. I know you'd come. I have so many questions for you, Harry Potter. Like what? Harry spat, fists still clenched. Well, said Riddle, smiling pleasantly. How is it that you, a skinny boy with no extraordinary magical talent, managed to defeat the greatest wizard of all time? How did you escape with nothing but a scar while Lord Voldemort's powers are de were destroyed? There was an odd red gleam in his hungry eyes now. Why do I care how you escaped, said Harry, said Harry slowly. Voldemort was after your was after your time. Voldemort said Riddle softly. Voldemort said Riddle softly. Is my past, present, and future Harry Potter. He pulled out Harry's wand from his pocket and began to trace through the air, writing three shimmering words. Tom Marvolo Riddle. When he waved his wand once, then he waved his, the wand once, and the letters of his name rearranged themselves. I am Lord Voldemort. You see, he whispered, it was a name. It was a name I already, I was already using at Hogwarts. So most of my, so most of my, imitant friends. Intimate, intimate friends only, only of course. <clears throat> you think I was going to use my filthy Muggle father's name forever? I whose veins run with the blood of Salazar Slytherin himself through my mother's side, I keep the name of a foul... I keep the name of a foul, common muggle who abandoned me even before I was born. Just because he found out his wife was a, was a witch? No, Harry. I, fasten, I fashioned myself to a new name, a name I knew wizards everywhere would one day fear to speak. When I had become the greatest sorcerer, when I had become the greatest sorcerer in the world. <laughs> Harry's brain seemed to have been, to, seemed to have jammed. He stared numbly at Riddle. At the orphaned boy who had grown up to murder Harry's own parents and so many others. At last, he forced himself to speak. <laughs> You're not, he said, his, vo his quiet voice full of hatred. Not what, snapped Rudel. Not the greatest sorcerer in the world, said Harry, breathing fast. Sorry to, to disappoint you and all that. But the greatest wizard, but the greatest wizard in the world is Albus Dumbledore. Everyone says so. Even when you were strong, you didn't dare try and take over, take over at Hogwarts. Dumbledore saw right through you when you were at school, and he still frightens you now, wherever you're hiding these days. The smile had gone from Riddle's face. It had been replaced by a very ugly look. 
Dumbledore has been driven out of the castle by the mere memory of me, he hissed. He's not as gone as he's not as gone as you might think, Harry retorted. He was speaking at random, wanting to scare Riddle. Wishing rather wishing rather than believing it was true. Wishing rather than believing it to, it to be true. Riddle opened his mouth, but froze. Music was coming from somewhere. Riddle whirled around to stare down the empty chamber. The music was growing louder. It was an eerie, spine-tingling, unearthly. It was... It was eerie, spine-tingling, un, unearthly. It lifted the air... Air. It lifted the hair on Harry's scalp. It made And it made his heart... Feel as though it was swelling to twice its normal size. Then, as the music reached the reached such a pitch that Harry felt it vibrating down his ribs, flames erupted at the top of the nearest pillar. A crimson bird the size of a swan had appeared, piping its weird music to the vault to the vaulted ceiling. It had glitter it had a glittering golden tail. A crimson bird the size of a swan had appeared, piping its weird music to the vaulted ceiling. It had a glittering golden tail as long as a peacock's and gleamed golden talons, which were gripping a ragged bundle. A second later, the bird was flying straight at Harry. It dropped the ragged thing. It dropped the ragged thing it was carrying at his feet. And then it landed heavily on his shoulder. As it folded its great wings, Harry looked up and saw it had long, sharp. It had a long, sharp golden beak and a beady black eye. The bird stopped singing and sat and sat, still and warm next to Harry's cheek, gazing steadily at Riddle. Black Phoenix, said Riddle, staring shrewdly back at it. Fogs, Harry breathed, and he felt the bird's golden claws squeeze his shoulder gently. And that, said Riddle, now eyeing the ragged thing Fogs had dropped, is an old school sorting hat one. So it was patched, frayed, and dirty. The hat, the hat lay motionless at Harry's feet. Riddle began to laugh. He laughed so hard that the dark chamber rang with it, as though ten riddles were laughing at once. This is what Dumbledore sends his defender, a songbird in an old hat. Do you feel brave, Harry Potter? Do you feel safe now? Harry didn't answer. He might not see what fo- what use of fogs or the sorting hat. He might not see what what use fogs or the sorting hat were, but he was no longer alone, and he waited for the sorting hat, and he waited for Riddle to stop laughing, with his courage mounting, mountaining, mounting.
to business, Harry Potter, said Riddle, still smiling broadly. Twice in your past, in my future. Twice, twice in your past, in my future, we have met. And twice I failed to kill you. How did you survive? Tell me everything. The longer you talk, he added softly, the longer you stay alive. Harry was thinking fast, weighing his chances, weighing his chances. Riddle had the wand, Riddle had the wand. He, Harry and Foggs, he, Harry and Fog, had Foggs and the sorting, he, Harry, had Foggs and the sorting hat, neither, neither of which would be much good in a duel. He looked bad. It looked bad, all right. But the longer Riddle stood there, more life was dwindling out of Ginny. And in the meantime, Harry noticed suddenly Riddle's outline becoming clearer, more solid. If it had if it had to be a fight between him and Riddle, better be sooner better be sooner than later. No one knows why you lost your powers when you attacked when you attacked me, said Harry abruptly. I don't know myself. But I know why you couldn't kill me. Because my mother died to save me. My my common muggle-born mother, he added, shaking with, shaking with suppressed rage. She stopped you killing me. And I've seen the real you. I saw you last year. You're a wreck. You're barely alive. That's why you're... That's where all your power... That's where all your power got to. In your hiding. You're ugly and you're foul. You're ugly, you're foul. Riddle's face contorted. Then he forced it into an awful smile. So your mother died to save you? Yes, as a powerful counter-charm. I can see it now. I can see now. There's nothing special about you. After all, I wondered you... I wondered, you see. There are strange... There are strange, like... There's, there are strange likenesses between us, raised my muggles. Probably the, probably the only two parcel mouths to come to Hogwarts since the great Salazar Slytherin himself. We don't even look some, we even look something alike. After all, it was merely a lucky chance that, that saved you from me. That's all I wanted to know. Harry stood tense, waiting for Riddle to raise his, raise his wand. But Riddle's twisted smile was lightning again. Now, Harry, I'm going to teach you a little lesson. Let's match the powers of... Let's match the powers of Lord Voldemort, heir of Salazar Slytherin, against famous Harry Potter, and the best weapons Dumbledore can give him. He cast an amused eye over Fogs and the Sorting Hat, then walked away. Harry, fear spreading up his numb legs, watched Riddle stop between the high pillars and looked up into the stone-faced Slytherin. High above him, in the dark, in the half-darkness, Riddle opened his mouth wide and hissed, but, and hissed. But Harry understood what he was saying. Speak to me, Slytherin, greatest of the Hogwarts four. Harry wheeled around to see, to look up the statue. 
Foggs was swaying on his shoulder. Slytherin's gigantic stone face was moving. Horror struck. Harry saw his mouth opening wider and wider to make a huge black hole. And something was stirring inside the statue's mouth. Something was slithering up from its depths. Harry backed away until he hit the dark chamber wall. And his and he shut his eyes tight. He felt fog's wings seep. And as he shut his eyes tight, he felt Fogs's wings sweep his cheek as he took flight. Harry wanted to shout, Don't leave me! But what chance did the phoenix have against us, against the king of serpents? Something huge hit the stone floor of the chamber. Harry felt, felt it shudder. He knew what was happening. He could sense it. Could almost see the giant serpent uncoiling himself itself from Slytherin's mouth. Then he heard Riddle's hissing voice. Kill him. The basilisk was moving towards Harry. He could hear its heavy body slithering heavily across the dusty floor. Eyes still tightly shut, Harry began to run blindly sideways, his hands outstretched, feeling his way. Voldemort was laughing. Harry tripped. He fell hard onto the stone onto the stone and tasted blood. The serpent was barely feet from him. He could hear it coming. There was a loud explosive explosive spitting sound right above him. And then something heavy hit Harry so hard he was smashed into the wall, waiting for Fang to sink through his body through his body. He heard more. Mad hissing. Something thrashing wildly off the pillars. Harry couldn't help it. He opened his eyes wide enough to squ- wide enough to squint at what happened. Oh, to squint at what was going on. The enormous serpent, bright, poisonous green. The enormous ser- serpent, bright, poisonous green, thick as an oak trunk, had raised it- itself between the pillars. As Harry lay trembled, ready to close his eyes and turn. He saw what had distracted the snake. Fox was soaring around its head, and the basilisk was snapping furiously at him, with fangs long with fangs long and thin as sabers. Fox dived dived. His long golden beaks sank out of sight, and a sudden shower of dark blood shattered splattered the floor. The snake's tail thrashed, narrowly missing Harry before Harry could shut his eyes. And before Harry could shut his eyes, it turned. It looked straight into his face and saw its eyes. Both both great, bulbous, yellow eyes had been punctured by the phoenix. Blood was streaming to the floor, and the snake was spitting in agony. No! he heard Riddle screaming. screaming. Leave the bird! Leave the bird! The boy's behind you. You can smell him. You can still smell him. Kill him! The blinded serpent swayed, confused, still deadly. Fogs was circling its head, piping his eerie song, jabbing here and there at his scaly nose. Jabbing here and there at its scaly nose as the blood poured from its ruined eyes. 
Help me, help me, Hiram muttered wildly. Someone, anyone. The snake's tail whipped across the floor again. Harry ducked something soft. Harry ducked something soft hit his face. The basilisk had swept the sorting hat into Harry's arms. Harry seized it. It was all he had left. It was his only chance. He rammed it onto his head. He rammed it onto his head. Da, 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 da. Okay. Oh, that's my question. I'm sorry. Um. Okay, here we go. It was all he had left. It was his only chance. He rammed it onto his head and threw himself flat onto the floor as the basilisk, as the basilisk's tail swung over him again. Help me, help me, Harry thought, his eyes screwed tight under the hat. Please, help me. There was no answering voice. Instead, the hat contracted, as though an invisible hand was squeezing it very tightly. Something, something very hard and heavy thudded on the top of Harry's head, almost knocking him out. Stars winking, winking in front of his eyes, he grabbed the top of his hat to pull it off and felt something long and hard beneath it. A gleaming silver sword had appeared inside the hat, its handle glittering with rubies the size of eggs. Kill the boy, leave the bird. The boy is behind you. Sniff, smell him. Harry was on his feet, ready. The basilisk's head was falling, its body coiling around, hitting pillars as it twisted to face him. He could see the vast, bloody eye sockets, see the mouthing the mouth stretching wide, wide enough to swallow wide enough to swallow him whole. Lined with fangs as long as his sword, thin, glittering, and venomous. It lunged blindly. Harry dodged it. Harry dodged and hit the chamber wall. It lunged again. Its forked tongue lashed, ha lashed Harry's side. He raised the sword with both hands. The basilisk lunged again. This time his aim was true. Harry threw his whole weight behind the sword and drove it to hit the roof of the serpent's mouth. But, but as warm blood drenched Harry's arm, he felt a searing pain above his elbow. One... Long, poisonous fang was sinking deeper and deeper into his arm as it splintered and it splintered as the basilisk kneeled over kneeled over sideways and fell, twitching to the floor. Harry slid down slid down the wall. He gripped the fang that was spreading poison through his body and wrenched it out of his arm. But he knew it was too late. White hot pain spreading was spreading slowly and steadily from the wound. Even as he dropped the fang, he watched his own blood soaking his robe. His vision went foggy. The chamber was dissolving in a whirl of color. A patch of scarlet swam past, and Harry heard a soft clatter of claws beside him. Fogs, said Harry thickly. You are fantastic, Fogs. He felt the bird lay its beautiful head on the spot where the serpent's fang had pierced him. He could, hear, 
he could hear echoing for footsteps, and then a dark shadow moved in front of him. You're dead, Harry Potter, said Riddle's voice above him. Dead. Even Dumbledore's bird knows it. Can't you see what he's doing? Can't you see what he's doing, Potter? He's crying. Harry blinked. Fox's head slid in, in and out of focus. Thick, pearly white tears were trickling, were trickling down the glossy feathers. And I'm going to take a break there. And we're back. Let me find my place. Uh-huh, okay. You're dead, Potter, said Riddle's voice. Said Riddle's voice above him. Dead. Even Dumb even Dumbledore's bird knows it. Do you see what he's doing, Potter? Do you see what he's doing, Potter? He's crying. Harry blinked. Fox's head slid in and out of focus. Thick, pearly tears were tri trickling down the glossy feathers. I'm gonna sit here and watch you die, Harry Potter. Take your time, I'm in no I'm in no hurry. Harry felt drowsy. Everything around him seemed to be spinning. So ends the famous Harry Potter, said Riddle's distant voice. Alone in the Chamber of Secrets, forsaken by his friends, defeated at last by the Dark Lord. He, by the Dark Lord, he so unwisely, so unwisely challenged. You'll be back with your dear mudblood mother soon, Harry. She bought... She bought you twelve years of borrowed time. But Lord Voldemort but Lord Voldemort got you in the end, as you know he must. If this is dying, Harry thought, it's not so bad. Even the pain was leaving him. But was this dying? Instead of going black, the chamber seemed to be coming back into focus. Harry gave his head a little shake and then and there was Foggs, still resting his head on Harry's arm. A pearly patch of tears was, shi was shining all around the wound. Except there was no wound. Get away, bird, said Riddle's voice suddenly. Get away. Get away from him. I said get away. Harry raised his head. Riddle was pointing Harry's wand at Foggs. At Foggs. There was a banging like a gun, and Foggs took flight again and whirl of golden scarlet. Phoenix tears, said Riddle quietly, staring at Harry's arm. Of course, healing powers, I forgot. He looked at Harry's face, but it, make, but it makes no difference. In fact, I prefer it this way. Just you and me, Harry Potter. You and me. Then a rush of wings and fogs had soared back, soared back overhead, and something fell in Harry's lap. The diary. For a split second, both Harry and Riddle, wand still raised, stared at it. Then, without thinking, without considering as though, as though he had meant to do it all along, Harry seized the basilisk fang on the floor next to him and plunged it straight into the heart of the book. There's a long, dreadful, piercing scream. Ink spurted out of the diary in, in torrents, streaming over Harry's hands, flooding the floor. Riddle was whirling and twisting, screaming and flailing, and then he had gone. Harry's wand fell 
Harry's wand fell to the floor with a clatter, and there was silence. Silence, except for the steady, except for the steady drip, drip of ink still oozing from the diary. The basilisk venom had burned a sizzling hole right through it. Shaking all over, Harry pulled himself up. His head was spinning as though he had just traveled miles by flu powder. Slowly, he gathered his wand and sorting hat, and with a huge tug, retrieved the glittering sword from the roof of the basilisk's mouth. There came a faint moan from the end of the chamber. Ginny was stirring. As Harry hurried towards her, toward her, she sat up. Her bemused eyes traveled from the huge form of, of the dead basilisk over Harry in his blood-soaked robes into the diary in his hand. She drew a great shuddering gasp, and tears began to pour down her face. Harry, oh Harry, I tried to tried to tell you at breakfast, but I couldn't say it in front of Percy. It was me, Harry. But I I swear swear, I didn't mean to. R Riddle made me. He t took me over, and how did you kill that thing? Where is Riddle? And the last thing I I remember. The last thing I re remember is him coming out of the diary. It's all right, said Harry, holding up the diary and showing Ginny the fang hole. Riddle's finished. Look. Look. Him and the basilisk. Come on, Ginny, let's get out of here. I'm gonna be expelled. Ginny wept as Harry helped her awkwardly to her feet. But I've looked, I've looked forward to coming to Hogwarts ever since B Bill came. And now... I have to leave, and what, what will Mom and Dad say? Fogs was waiting for them, hovering in the chamber's entrance. Harry urged Ginny forward. They stepped over the mo motionless coils of the dead basilisk, through the echoing gloom, and back into the tunnel. Harry heard the stone doors close behind them with a soft hiss. After a few minutes, progress up the dark... After a few minutes, progress up the dark tunnel. After a few minutes, progress of, of up the dark tunnel, a distant sound of, of slowly shifting rock reached Harry's ears. Run! Harry yelled, speeding up. Ginny's okay, I've got her. Harry heard Ron give a strangled cheer. Give a strangled cheer. And they turned the next man to see his eager face staring through a sizable gap he had managed to make the rock make in the rock wall. Ginny said Ginny Ron thrust an arm through the gap of the rock to pull to pull her through. You're lying. I don't believe it what happened. I lost my place. Trying to find it. Aha, okay. You're alive! I don't believe it! What happened? How? What? Where'd that bird come from? Fogs had swooped through the gap after Ginny. 
He's Dumbledore, said Harry, squeezing through himself. How come you've got a sword? said Ron. How come you've got a sword? said Ron, gaping at the glittering weapon. Lost my place again. Mm. He's Dumbledore, said Harry, squeezing through himself. How come you've got a sword? said Ron, gaping at the glittering weapon in Harry's hand. I'll explain when we get out of here, said said Harry, with a sideways glance at Ginny, who was crying even harder than ever. But later, said Harry shortly, said Harry shortly, but he didn't think it was a good idea to tell Ron who was opening the chamber of secret, opening the chamber. Not in front of Ginny, anyway. Where's Lockhart? Back there, said Ron, still looking puzzled, but jerking his head up the tunnel down the, towards the pipe. He's, he's in a bad way. Come and see. Led by Fogs, who was, whose wide scarlet wings emitted a soft golden glow in the darkness. Dang it, I keep losing my place. Arg. He's in a bad way. Come and see. Led by fogs whose wide scarlet wings whose wide okay. He's in a bad way. Come and see. Led by fogs, whose wide scarlet wings emitted a soft golden glow in the darkness, they, went, they walked all the way back to the mouth of the pipe. Gilderoy Lockhart was sitting there, humming pacedly to himself.
His memory's gone, said Ron. The memory charm backfired. It hit him instead of us. He hasn't got a clue who he is or where he is or who we are. I told him to come and wait here. He's a danger to himself. Lockhart peered good-naturedly up, up at them all. Hello, he said. Odd sort of place. Odd sort of place this is, isn't it? Do you live here? No, said Ron, his, raising his eyebrows. No, said Ron, raising his eyebrows at Harry. Harry bent down and looked up the long, dark pipe. Have you thought how we're going to get back up this? He said to Ron. Ron shook his head, but Fogs the Phoenix had swooped past Harry and was now fluttering in front of him, his beady eyes bright in the dark. He was waving his long golden tail feathers at Harry. His long golden tail feathers. Harry looked uncertainly at him. He looks like he wants you to grab hold, said Ron, looking, looking perplexed. But you're much too heavy for a bird to pull up there. Fogs, said Harry, isn't an ordinary bird. He turned quickly to the others. We've got to hold on to each other. Jenny grabbed Ron's hand. Professor Lockhart? He means you, said Ron sharply to Lockhart. You will hold Jenny's other hand. Harry tucked the sword, tucked the sword in the sorting hat to his belt. He, Harry tucked the sword in the sorting hat into his belt. Wait, what are Harry tucked the sword and the sorting hat into his belt. Ron took hold of the back of Harry's robes, and Harry reached out to hold Fox's strangely hot tail feathers. An extraordinary lightness seemed to spread through his whole body, and the next second, a, rus a rush of wings, and they were flying upward toward through the pipe. Harry could hear Lockhart. Harry could hear Lockhart. Harry could hear Lockhart dangling below him, saying, Amazing, amazing! This is just like magic! The chill air was whipping through Harry's hair. And before he'd stopped and before he'd stopped enjoying the ride, it was over. All four of them were hitting the wet floor of Moaning Myrtle's bathroom, and Lockhart straightened his hat. The sink that hid the pipe was sliding back in place. Myrtle was goggling at them. You're alive, she said blankly to Harry. There's no need to sound so disappointed, said, he said grimly, wiping flecks of blood and slime off his glasses. Oh, well, I was just thinking, if you had died... You would have been welcome to share my toilet, said Myrtle, blushing silver. Ugh, said Ron as they left the bathroom for the dark, deserted corridor outside. Harry, I think Myrtle's grown fond of you. You've got competition, Jenny. But tears were still flooding silently, silently down Jenny's face. Where now? Said Ron with an anxious look at Jenny. Harry pointed. Fogs was leading the way, glowing gold along the corridor. 
They strode after him, and moments, moments later, they found themselves outside Professor McGonagall's office. Harry knocked and pushed the door open.